We've been talking quite a bit the, this morning about the Open for Summer COVID reopening plan announced by Premier Jason Kenney yesterday. And we've been getting a few messages in from you on the text line. If you want to jump in on this conversation, happy to have you. 780-496-0063. Had a few uh, comments coming in. Uh, Sarah says you know, the announcements yesterday were a beginning of relief, but the changes should come quicker, she thinks, believing that some people are simply too scared. And I'm seeing quite a few of those messages coming in. Although others going, it is reckless, it's too fast, it's it's too quick so there really does seem to be to be a, a split as we continue to have this conversation uh there, there was lots of reaction poured in yesterday on this understandably and a lot from uh, the medical community so uh as we continue to have this conversation i just want to run through it with uh, dr joe vipond who's an emergency uh, physician based out of calgary and is joining us now on 6 30 shed mornings good morning how are you doc morning thanks for having me on and before we start i just want to say that these are my views and not those of ahs or those of the department of emergency medicine at the university of calgary i do appreciate and and accept that particular uh explanation and i get it and you know what uh, you're not doing as, as an organizational uh, representative it's just from your point of view and from yours uh where do you land on this because i'm i'm seeing two reactions number one thank goodness enough of this already let's move on and others saying this is just a reckless aggressive action wow where do you stand well i think we all want to be back to normal i certainly want to be back to normal um but it's really about risk you know i uh, i rock climb um i i love the thrill of, of climbing a rock wall but i want to do it in a safe way i use a rope i have a someone who's belaying me i i wear a helmet in case there's rocks that are falling on my head because just climbing a rock wall without those safety equipment is, is just too dangerous and so um you know we've been told that this is the most aggressive opening plan of all the provinces at the same time as we've just been the worst jurisdiction in North America um, for, for case numbers and for hospitalizations and ICUs. And it makes me wonder, um, why do we have to be so aggressive? Why, why do we have to take so many risks? We can do this in a safe way if we just put in some, some good safety protocols. Well, and th there are benchmarks, though, uh, to this, and, and perhaps perhaps there are unrealistic benchmarks. But uh, the first one has already been met, and that's why on June the 1st, we're going to go to, uh, to stage one of this new reopening plan, which, in essence, is where we were just before this latest round of, of restrictions was put in, I would say, pretty much. You, you still had uh, some patio dining, uh, you know, personal services. All. So we're basically jumping back in time about three weeks before this latest round came in so but there are still benchmarks so there are safety valves are there not well yeah but the, the benchmark has already been preset so that we've met it it's like uh i'm going to set the pass at 60 because i've already know i got 62 percent um of vaccine, you know, people test. vaccinated just that percentage well i'm just i was just kind of making up a number yeah um <laughs> but but you know if you've already preset your, your criteria for for having met it's 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 a bit ridiculous and just to compare to the when we put our relaxations in for the second wave, I mean, right now we have uh, an av um, 565 people in the, in the hospital versus 396 on February 8th. There are cases per day uh, on, on Tuesday were 660 uh, on average. It was 350 back then. Our percent positivity is 8.51% versus 3.94%. And we have the, the new variants, especially this B1617 uh, uh, one, uh, uh, two variant, which we don't know and really enough about. And there are some real fears that a single uh, dose of vaccine isn't going to be enough to provide protection. So um, this is a very uh, odd set of benchmarks. I don't know if you recall through the 
the the space between the second and third wave that we had hospitalizations as our benchmarks for reopening at the same time and those were mostly re- um, ignored during that period because they just weren't giving us the information we needed to determine whether there was safe openings because it's a lagging indicator it's something that's like the last thing to change and the things that change the first are the cases per day the the percent positivity and and the the rt the transmission rate and yet um, we seem to be keen on ignoring those leading indicators that can really tell us when things are starting to shift on the ground I do keep hearing uh, about people pointing to what happened in the United States, so Texas and Florida, and you can argue that uh, some of the decisions they made early on uh, cost lives, right? Uh, but then once they got up to a certain vaccination rate, was Texas at like 50% or so, and they started to, to widely reopen and just let everything fly? So I think the Kenny government is pointing to what happened in, in those jurisdictions, saying, look, it does work, it can work, and that's the model we're going to follow. Yeah, there's there's two big differences between us and Texas. The first is they had a much higher base rate of natural infection. We don't really know what the true natural infection rate is in the United States because their percent positivities were so high. They're 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 um, you know it was out of control for months and months down there. And uh, as the, uh, though it got bad here, it never got as bad as down there. So. So we have that difference. And the other difference we have is the variance. Um, so it just throws another element of risk in there, another element of unknown um, that, uh, that for me says, why not be a little more cautious? Why not be a little more slower? We still need to open up. But, but but why be reckless about it? Well, and I guess the argument, and I'm just going to, let's continue to just have this conversation because sure. I hear all these different sides. I guess the argument is that how much more damage are we going to do continuing to be restricted and telling people just a little longer, just a little longer, because that message has been repeated so many times that, 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 that sooner or later people just can't take it anymore. And so it's a gamble they're willing to take uh, based on what should be outstanding outcomes if everything goes according to plan yeah except for gambling with people's lives like that's a pretty big gamble right gambling with their lives and with their health because we know that long covid is a real uh, a real issue the 10 to 30 percent of all people with infections go on to have long-term uh, disability um so th- th- this isn't a, a little gamble it's it's a big gamble um and there are ways of gambling like are you gonna put everything on on uh on, on number 22, or are you going to put it on, um, like, the, 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 the color red? I mean, there, there's different uh, elements of risk. So, um, so, so if we just put in some simple safety things, simple things like, uh, like three weeks, waiting three weeks between sets of relaxation, simple things like using leading indicators to guide our, our policies, um, I think it would just make things safer. And I, I want to be clear that, that the one element that I'm super excited about is opening up outdoor activities because um, outdoors is super safe. It's really hard to get infected outdoors unless you're talking for a prolonged period face-to-face with masks off. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, sitting in the backyard in a, in a yard chair uh, two meters away from a friend having a beer uh, uh, is completely safe, and I'm, I'm very supportive of that. But let's use the knowledge of airborne transmission to inform best practices when it comes to opening up in the most safe, uh, safest way uh, possible. Uh, I've, I've already had some interesting conversations. Well, these are the rules, and some people follow rules, and some people are going to do their own thing. I'm, j- I'm just 
you know, what have you heard from, from, from some people you might have talked to? What's your own personal position? Uh, come June 1st, when a patio is open, you going back to a patio? Uh, you know, how much, I guess we all have our own decisions as to whether to go along with the new rules or whether to just sit back and try to take care of ourselves as well. You know, I, I, as I say, outdoors is very safe. Will I be going to a patio? Probably not because they're, you know, when you have a, a, a bunch of uh, uh, 20-somethings crowded in on a, on, a, on a pub patio, it's different than being in somebody's backyard. But will I go camping with friends and hang around a campfire? Yes. Will I, will I hang around somebody's backyard if they invite me over for beer? Yes. Um, so uh, outdoors is very, very safe. But let's, let's use the knowledge, the science to inform uh, the safest way of going back possible. And again, because I just want to cover this just to make sure that it's clear as to also what you're suggesting, that you can go on this plan, uh, but right now it's two weeks, I believe, uh, from each sort of stage, and then in two weeks, if we're doing we can move on. Uh, it's based on hospitalizations. It's based on the number of people who have been vaccinated with the first dose at the least. You would like to see three weeks, and you'd like to see uh, those vaccinations a little higher, that percentage? Yeah, and I'd like to see some people with second vaccinations too. The Ontario plan is very clear that, um, you know, two weeks after second vaccinations is, is some of their benchmarks. And that's because, well, especially with this variant, which is circulating in Alberta, this the V1617 variant mm-hmm. from uh, India, uh, we know that the, the Pfizer vaccine, which is one of our main vaccines, and the AZ vaccine, which a lot of people have as well, it's only about 30% effective for that first dose um, for preventing infection. So that's... Um, that, that makes me nervous. So we th- also 30%, have I just wanted screening. to 30%, just 33%. explain that to me because I yeah. thought it was higher than that. Not for the first dose, not for that variant. For so, that, okay, um, for that variant. Some, some reason. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, sorry, and um, I apologize for jumping in uh, on you there. Yeah, and the, I, th- I, just, I just would also mention that I think that uh, a significant relaxation of restrictions is kids going back to school, which happened two days ago. And then in, you know, in, in four days, we're, we're reopening the rest. Uh, we're, we're having another set of relaxations. So, you know, in this specific instance, it's much closer than two weeks apart. It's actually, um, you know, like a week apart uh, between these sets of relaxations. So, um yeah, lots of stuff making me nervous. An interesting message that came in on the text line, too, also pointing out that the vaccines can take two to three weeks to kick in to become effective. Yeah. So also suggesting that this is going a little too quickly, even if more people are getting that, that shot, doing as they've been suggested, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It needs to be two weeks. To be clear, I think the criteria that they've set out is for two weeks after those benchmarks if I'm not mistaken well now we sit back and uh, you know like you said it it is it is a gamble we'll see if it works and uh, uh, the stakes can be high with risk and are we doing it well yeah and and yeah, it's <laughs> and we don't have a stellar record to this point as far as the province uh, managing this COVID disease. I, I, I think, um, yeah, I'd be much more confident if I understood that, you know, in the past we've made a bunch of great decisions and this is another one on top, but that's not the case. Dr. Joe Vipon, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate talking to you. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.